Today's scripture is taken from Psalm 77, verses 1 to 20. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched, stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at the end of all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the, uh, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeem your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. <clears throat> when the waters saw you, O oh God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled, the clouds poured out water, the skies gave forth thunder, your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind, your lightnings lighted up in the world. The earth trembled and your way was your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet the footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. And now I'll pass the time over to Pastor Guna for today's sermon. The Lord bless you, church. Uh, it is uh, uh, been very heartening to hear uh, uh, Pastor Gia share with us about what we can do as a church uh, for those who are uh, really seriously affected and marginalized at this time. And I, I believe that, you know, our, our church will rise up in times like this. We have always risen up and we've always been a blessing. Uh, and I trust that, you know, it will happen again uh, uh, as, we, as we step out and, and, and be a blessing to the uh, migrant workers in our midst right now. Um, this, uh, this, uh, uh, while we do that, you know, we also need to take care of our souls and, uh, uh, Pastor GL has asked me to preach a series of sermons on lament uh, and I'm going to do four sermons beginning today and in each sermon I'm going to take up a psalm and then run through it with you. Uh, we start today with Psalm 77 as Pastor Station just told you. Uh, you need to get hold of your Bibles uh, and open to it because uh, uh, there will be no slides and we'll be referring to quite a number of verses. All right. Now, let me start this way. When we came out from our mother's womb, the first thing that we did was to let out a loud wail. 
every human being has the same opening story. Story, Life begins with tears. It is simply what it means to be human. To cry is human. But lament is different. Lament is more than a cry. It is a prayer. Lament is an honest, heartfelt cry of the hurting heart. Where on the one hand, you are wrestling with pain, but yet on the other hand, you are hopeful to see the promise of God come to pass in your life. This COVID-19 situation has exposed the fragility of our world. The foundations on which we have been standing are all being shaken. As a result, there is a lot of anxiety. There's, there's a sense of helplessness. We struggle to keep our hopes alive. And hope is a form of power. It is hope that keeps people from killing themselves. It helps people to get out of bed and go to work. Even if it means working from home, it gives meaning to daily work, even lockdown, quarantine, stay-at-home life. Hope liberates us from becoming more selfish and fearful in times like this. Hope empowers love and risk-taking and sacrifice in this dark hour. And it is this hope in Christ that gives us reason to lament when confusion and pain has invaded our lives. Lament stands in the gap between pain and promise. To cry is human. Everybody can cry. But to lament is Christian. Throughout scriptures, you will find that lament gives voice to strong emotions that believers feel because of their suffering. Typically, lament asks at least two questions. They are, God, where are you in this situation? And two, God, if you love me, then why is this happening? Now, sometimes these questions are asked by individuals. In other times, especially in times like this global pandemic, everyone is asking these questions. Both Christians and non-Christians are asking these questions. If you look at the Psalms, a third of the Psalm is lament. When you study the Psalms, you will discover that the biblical lament in the Psalms, they follow a certain pattern where the Holy Spirit actually moves people from pain to promise and from heartbreak to hope as the psalmist pours out their grief to God. Now, there are four steps to the pattern. And for each of these Sundays, these next four Sundays, beginning today, we will look at one of these steps. And those, these steps are sequential. So there are four steps in the patent, patent of lament. Number one, and you may want to write this down, a turning to God. Number two, a complaint to God. Number three, a request to God. And number four, a trust in God. A turning to God, a complaint to God, a request to God, a trust in God. I've entitled the sermons, Turn Quickly, Complain Freely, Ask Boldly, and Trust Deeply. And this will be the entire series. Now notice that all lament is centered on God. Otherwise, it's just a cry or a complaint coming out of our own carnality, and it won't lead to hope and trust and faith and courage. We want to come out of this pandemic stronger, not weaker. 
We want to come out of this pandemic having a deeper trust in the Lord. We want to come out of this pandemic making sure that God is truly our sure foundation. And lament is a healthy emotional response to, to find mental and emotional health. It is for that reason that a third of the Psalms wrestle with this pain. It was that important to Israel to know how to lament. In our day and age, with our addiction to comfort and our love for triumphalism, we have become unfamiliar with lamenting. And in a crisis like the one that we are in right now, it can lead to all kinds of mental and emotional health issues. We must not just survive this pandemic, people. We must remain strong mentally and emotionally and spiritually. We must experience the full shalom of God while going through the pandemic and come out of it stronger than ever. And that is the reason why we must learn to lament. And that is the reason why we are doing this series. Now, let's unpack Psalm 77 to look at turning quickly the first step in the four steps in the journey of lament. Psalm 77 is filled with honest struggles, deep pain, tough questions, and determined trust. Now, I'm going to un unpack for you four lessons on turning to God through lament from this psalm. And then at the end of that, I'm going to give you two applications. Four lessons for turning to God through lament, and that's found in Psalm 77. I'll give you four, the four lessons first, quickly. One, silence will kill your soul. Number two, praying may not remove your struggles. Number three, to lament is to question. Number four, it's the gospel that anchors your lament. Let me go by that again. Silence will kill your soul. Praying may not remove your struggles. To lament is to question, and the gospel anchors your lament. Lesson number one, silence will kill your soul. Look at Psalm 77 verse 1 and 2 in your Bible. It says, I will cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. And the way that he, he does this in the day of trouble, the way he seeks the Lord, the way he stretches out to God with his hands, the way he doesn't allow his soul to be comforted is by crying aloud to God. The opening line, I cry aloud to God, frames the tone of this psalm. The psalmist is in pain, yet he is not silent. He doesn't just complain and whimper. He cries out to God. To pray when your heart is in turmoil, in the face of doubts, in the face of tough questions to which you have no answer, is an act of faith. And it surely pleases God. And prayerful lament is better than silence, people. It is better than throwing up your hands in despair and becoming angry with God or collapsing in hopelessness. Many people just don't know how to lament. They've never learned to lament. Well, they know how to complain, for sure. They know how to express their frustrations, either negatively or otherwise, but they don't know how to express strong emotions healthily to God. 
And the worst thing to do when you are deeply affected emotionally and mentally is to go into silent despair spiritually. You just give up on God. You just give God a silent treatment. To do that is a sign of unbelief. To despair is to decide in your heart that God does not care. So why should I pray? Because I don't think he would even hear anything. And if you believe that lie, then nothing is going to change even if you pray. And spiritually you give up. Then you won't pray anymore. Because you just can't pray. And the worst thing to happen to any one of us in this pandemic is that we lose our faith and we become far removed from God. And this is what the enemy wants. And if this is going to happen for the long haul, and this COVID-19 situation continues until the end of the year, there is going to come a deep sense of disillusionment in the situation, in God, in ourselves, and all of that, unless you know how to bring your strong emotions to, to God. That is why we must learn to lament this season. We must have, we have more questions than answers. We feel more anxiety than peace. We are becoming more and more uncertain about the future and therefore we just cannot stay silent in prayer. It will kill our soul. Lament helps you to bring your emotions to God in prayer. Lament helps you to vocalize your hurts. It helps you to bring your questions and your doubts to God. The Scottish pastor of the, of the, of the 18th century, Alexander McLaren, said this, a thought, be it good or bad, can be dealt with when it is made articulate. And the best place to articulate those thoughts is in prayer. Don't find yourself in a spiritual desert in this pandemic. Cry aloud to the Lord. Let your emotions be heard in prayer. Lament. Lesson number two, prayer may not remove your struggles. Look at the, the, the last part of verse two, verse two, leading to verse four in your Bibles. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. In verse 1, he says he believes the Lord has heard his prayer, his cry. But when you come down to verse 2, to verse 3 and 4, he says that he is still in pain. He is still deeply troubled. And the word trouble in the original language speaks of anguish, crippling anxiety, distress, emotional pain, and suffering. His crying out to God does not seem to immediately lift his emotional struggles. He is praying but his praying is not bringing him immediate comfort. In fact, he is so troubled, he says, now he cannot sleep. And, he's, and while he meditates, his spirit is weak. It looks like his prayer is not working. But yet, he does not stop seeking God. He keeps turning to God. As the verses following this will show, he still prays. And that is the picture of someone who truly trusts in the Lord. Here is a man whose foundation is truly God. You need to know that lament does not always lead to an immediate solution. It does not always bring a quick or timely answer. Grief, people, grief isn't so tame that you can give it a few strokes and then it just goes away. Lament is not meant to be a formula 
to get out of pain. Lament is the means by which you bring your pains to God. And as you cry out to Him, you feel a sweetness of His presence. You feel the sweetness of His presence. You feel His tangible comfort. And you are therefore strengthened, even though there's still distress and there's still pain in your heart. Lament is a way that you let the pain in your heart out, believing that one day God will answer and God will restore. It's a cry of hope. It's not a formula. Lesson number three, to lament is to question. This is the heart of lamenting people. Painful circumstances surface big and troubling questions for us. You know, the sudden surge of new cases in Singapore and the stricter circuit breaker uh, measures and directives is changing our lives so quickly. We wish none of these restrictions would be there. We wish life would go back to the old normal. Or there's just too much adjustments. There's so many inconveniences. On top of that, we hear news that the global economy is collapsing and that, uh, that, we, that we may not be able to get out of this trouble as quickly as we wish we could. We all feel tested. And in our hearts, we may be asking, why, Lord? How long, oh God? The psalmist asks the same kind of questions. He wrestles with why God isn't doing more. He begins to consider the days of old, the old normal. He remembers the songs he used to sing in the night. And he decides to make a diligent search with these questions. That's verse 5 and verse 6. The psalmist is thinking. The psalmist is reflecting. This painful search leads to six rhetorical questions. Look at your Bible. There are six of them there. Verse 7, will the pain spurn forever? Verse 8, will he never again be favorable? Verse 8 again, has his steadfast love forever ceased? Verse 8 again, are his promises at the end for all time? Verse 9, has God forgotten to be gracious? Verse 9 again, has his anger shut up his compassion? Now, do you think that the psalmist really believes God is no longer loving and that he's no longer compassionate and that he's no longer going to keep his promises? Surely not. Because the rest of the psalm will bear it out. Then why does the psalmist ask God these questions? People, the reason is because he wants to be honest with the way he feels. The situation that he's in is creating very difficult, tough emotions in his soul. He knows that these emotions are not based on biblical truth, but yet it just feels truth in his heart. And he just wants to be honest with God. Let me ask you this. Have you been honest with God? Have you brought these nagging questions to God in prayer? I tell you, you do that and you suddenly find yourself getting vulnerable with God. And I tell you what's going to happen. If you were to ask the how long or why questions of God, your heart opens up to God with those raw emotions and you will start to cry. 
people, it has happened to me time and again. That the tears that come in my prayers are whenever I ask God, Lord, why? Why must this happen? And when I ask God, Lord, how long more, O oh God? When will you answer? When will the restoration be? And people, when those tears fall in your lament, you will find God drawing near to you. That is how intimacy with God happens. That's how you get intimate. Your heart opens to Him. The real you meets the real God. Next Sunday, we will talk more about the importance of surfacing honest questions from your heart when we talk about complaint. And I entitled that sermon, Complain Freely. But now let's come to lesson four. The last lesson here is the gospel anchors your lament. If you look with me again at verse 11 and verse 12 in your Bible right now, Psalm 77 verse 11 and 12 says, I will, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. You see what he's saying right now? He's, he, you see the words, remember. It's repeated twice. And the words ponder and meditate. The psalmist now is reflecting about something. He is thinking through something else. He is bringing his thoughts, which, which was initially in questioning and complaining, and, 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 and his emotions that were just also messed up. He's bringing his thoughts right now to what is ultimately true. The psalmist is looking back at past history and reflecting on what God has done for his people. People, listen, listen here very carefully. In all of our questioning and wrestling with God in laments, there must come a time when we must return to what is ultimately true. And in verse 13, he so burst out with yet another question. But this time, it's a very different question from the six rhetorical questions that he was asking earlier. Psalm 77 verse 11 says, Your way, O God, is holy. And here's the question. You're set apart. You're different. You're holy. And the question is, what God is great like our God? This is the turning point in his lament. He's turning from honest questions to confident trust in God. This is my goal for each one of us locked into this series for these next four Sundays. That in this pandemic, you will move from doubt to trust in God. That you will move from confusion to confidence in Him. And we are going to learn to do that by learning to lament. When the Psalms of lament, what the Psalms of Lament teach us is that hurting, troubled people are given full permission to grieve in the Bible. But we are not to grieve aimlessly. We are not to grieve selfishly. We are not to grieve to attract self-pity to ourselves. We are not to grieve to get attention from other people. We are not to wallow in our grief aimlessly. None of that is going to heal us or strengthen us or draw us near to God. All of that is carnality. We must learn to grieve and lament in order to quickly return to the gospel and to return 
diligently. The psalmist say, I search diligently for the truth. Psalm 77 concludes with the ultimate moment that defined the people of Israel and their relationship with God, and that was the Exodus. Psalm 77 verse 19 and 20 in your Bibles again says, Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Do you see what is happening here, people? The psalmist anchors his questions, his pains, his hurts, his frustrations to the one single greatest redemptive event in the life of Israel, the Exodus. The Exodus was the anchor for his weary soul. And for you and I, for us Christians, the place where we find our ultimate de deliverance, our final anchor, our ultimate anchor is the cross of Jesus Christ. Whatever our trouble, whatever our questions, our heartache, our pain, we must take them to the cross. We must find our ultimate anchor in the gospel. And that brings me to two applications in closing. And I'm going to use two passages for this. Application one is taken from Psalms 91 and verse 4. Psalms 91 verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart now psalms 91 is not about god protecting you from trouble like he will keep you safe that you will have no trouble in your life at all that's not what the psalm is talking about it is about god protecting you while you are in trouble and while you are going through trouble now the good question to ask is, how will he protect you? And the psalmist says this, he says, he will cover you. The way he protects you is, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. This is an image of a mother hand covering her chicks. I grew up in a kampong when I was back home in, in my little town in Alostar, and I used to see this scene over and over again uh, in, in, around the compounds of our, of, our, of, our, of our little house, whenever the chicks sense a threat, they will fret. They get anxious. They suffer distress. They start chirping loudly and incessantly. They cry out. And then what does the mother hen do? She brings them under her wings and she covers them. You see, people, the mother hen becomes the substitute. If heat comes on the cheeks, the sun beats on the cheeks, it's the mother hen that gets the heat. If there is rain and wind, it's the mother hen that gets the rain and the wind. If there's a predator, like an eagle, that comes to eat, it's the mother hen that gets eaten up first. The cheeks are protected. They stay safe. The people listen. That's exactly what Jesus did for you and me on the cross. He covered you under his wing. And he took on himself what you and I deserve for our sins. Under his wings, we find refuge. His faithfulness on the cross is a shield and a rampart for us 
So listen, while you care, while you, while you, while you take care to exercise personal safety by putting on your mask and, 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 and keeping a safe distance from others, don't you believe that you are safe just because you do these things? Now, don't get me wrong, okay? Please wear your mask and keep that distance and stay home. But your ultimate refuge is Jesus Christ. He's the one who covered you with his wings while he let the predator eat him up for your sins on the cross. He continues to cover you both in sickness and in health and in life and in death. You can trust him and you can come crying to him in your distress just like those chicks. You can come with, 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 with your questions and you can come with your anxieties and you can come with your fears and he will cover you just like the mother hen will cover her little chicks. You can trust him. Application number two. The passage I'm going to take you to right now is Numbers chapter 21, verse 8 to 9, if you can find it in your Bible. Numbers chapter 21 Verse 8 and 9. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it up on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it up on a pole. And if a serpent, if a serpent bit anyone, he will look at the bronze serpent and live. In Numbers 21, the Israelites are afflicted with serpents in the wilderness. Then they cry out to God for mercy. And God tells Moses to lift up a bronze snake on a pole and invites them to look up for the sign of his provision and healing. Whenever they're bitten, that they have to look for the sign of his provision and healing. Now, would you imagine with me? Imagine there's a woman and she's walk, she, she walks out of a tent one day in the scorching sun. And she breaks the, her stay-home notice that was given by Moses. And then she goes out and a snake bites her. Where do you think she would naturally look? Where do you think she would naturally turn to? Immediately as a snake bite, bites her, she, she probably would look down. She would want to look at the wound, at the snake bite, or look at the snake even. Or look for more snakes hidden in the, uh, among the rocks. But in order to receive her healing, she has to turn away from her pain and turn quickly to the object of God's provision, the bronze snake up on a pole. People, listen, this is the call of the hour. In the chaos and panic of this pandemic, where are you looking? Are you looking down at where you have been bitten? Or are you looking up to God? Are you constantly looking at the news and the forwarded WhatsApp messages on your phone? Or are you turning quickly to God? Listen, we become what we attend to. The more we devote our attention to the anxieties that is around us, the more anxious and fretful we will become the more we harness all our attention into attentiveness to Jesus Christ and his gospel, the more we become united with Christ. The more we will be praying, 
And the more we will be shaped by the gospel in this season, countless anxieties and agitations clamor for our attention. Ask the Lord to discipline your powers of attention and lift up your eyes, people. Lift up your eyes and turn quickly to the Lord and call on Him. Bear your soul. Bring your questions. Cast down your cares. Bring your doubts. Cry out to Him because He alone is your refuge. Would you bow your heads with me where you are, wherever you are? And let's pray, shall we not? Oh dear Father, we come before you, Lord. We want to thank you, God, that you are the God who is sovereign. And like what John Piper said in his latest book, oh Lord, Lord, if you in your sovereignty have chosen not to stop this pandemic, then you in your sovereignty will continue in your faithfulness to sustain us and to provide for us and to protect us. Teach us, O oh God, to bear our hearts before you. Lord, let us not be silent, O oh Lord, before you. Lord, we, we are good at complaining. We are good, O oh Lord, at expressing our frustrations, but teach us to channel all of those strong emotions in prayer by lamenting. Teach us to lament, Lord, and heal our souls. That we'll be mentally and emotionally and spiritually and physically strong. And as we, you give us that strength, O oh Lord, may we be a blessing to many. As we heard this morning, this challenge of Father God to be a blessing to the migrant workers in our land. Father, we thank you for your word. Continue to speak to us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.